0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Evan Cohen from Unsportsmanlike in for Greeny alongside Hembo. Good morning, sir. Good morning. You all right? I'm all am, right. Am I all right is really the question. You're a tad setup, scrambled. Well, the setup is, is amazing here, right? It happens so quickly that we go from
1: get up, in 60 seconds, and I, I'm happy to see that you have with you your laptop, which you don't use, and your notepad, which you overuse. Why do you say I don't use my laptop? It's literally in front of me. Huh? I, I didn't even know you had a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> you were <laughs> starting, Cam? That's I thought a,
0: you only had like yellow That's journalism. a prop,
1: Cam. It's actually just a prop. No, it's yeah. not
0: yellow. It's always, I always have the white notepad. Oh, okay. For some reason, not the yellow
1: n- uh, letter... Is there a reason for that? I'm very curious now because no one uses those. Like if you're going to use a pad, you might, uh, might as well use the yellow pad. You're knocking this? The, the, I just know, like saying notepad. yellow pad as like the way to say it. And it's not yellow, so it's inaccurate. But I don't like just calling it a pad or notepad. Yellow pad to me is like, you know, Kleenex. Or Velcro, or something along those lines.
0: Right, one of those things that like, you name, but it's not actually the name. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: Okay, all right. Anyway. That's where we wanted to start the show today.
0: Really? With the, I'm going to now switch the microphone setup and the computer setup here, and we are ready to go mm. here on uh, Greeny here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And at this time yesterday, when Greeny was sitting here with you, there was one head coaching opening in the NFL that didn't exist. It does now, because I think inexplicably the Tennessee Titans made a move to fire their head coach in Mike Vrabel. This is something that I don't know that anyone truly saw coming, because if we were going to talk about Tennessee having an opening, I don't think we thought it was going to be by their decision. I assumed it was going to be by Mike Vrabel's decision, that maybe Mike Vrabel would have come to the Tennessee Titans management and said, I'd like to go to New England. I'd like to go to Another opportunity. I'd like to leave and now go to Ohio State, where I went to school and where I was an assistant coach. I don't know that anyone, one of us, Hembo, ever thought, you know, what's going to happen here is that Mike Vrabel is actually going to get fired because they're not going to be pleased with his overall performance.
1: There has to be something in Tennessee that we don't know. Um, Whether it be a disconnect between the head coach and ownership, a head coach between... Uh, a disconnect between the head coach and and general manager, something of that sort. But things have been rotten there really ever since they inexplicably traded A.J. Brown. They changed general managers halfway through last season, bizarrely. Uh, There seems to be a disconnect from afar there, and so perhaps they came to some kind of mutual decision, or perhaps Mike Vrabel said, I'm not comfortable with the way that we're moving this program forward, and sort of forced his way out, and they can say that they fired him on their own volition, but I bet you he's happy that he's out so he can coach someone else next season.
0: I think Two things can be true. One, Mike Vrabel is as attractive a head coaching candidate as maybe we've ever seen in the NFL, right? That can, m- maybe. He can really, really coach. He's a great coach. He's really young. He's young, and he can, and he's a former player. Like, you could say last year Sean Payton is attractive. Sean Payton played during a, a year in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, where it was replacement player year, his time in the NFL, and he wasn't a former player like Vrabel was he, a former player. You also right? had
1: to trade for Sean Payton.
0: right. And so this guy you don't have a trade for. So he could simultaneously be as attractive a head coaching candidate as at least in our lifetime we have seen in the NFL. And simultaneously, we could say, you know, they were a little bit worse the last two years than I remember them being because I just don't think about Mike Vrabel and bad in the same conversation.
1: Yeah, that's right. But I happen to think that those results are a lot more on the front office on their player procure, uh, procurement than it is on the on the coaching. I mean, for in the previous three years, he did something that the Tennessee Titans had not done since they were the Oilers, and that's take him to the playoffs in three straight years in an absolutely stacked. AFC to get what he did out of a Ryan Tannehill Derrick Henry offense, to get what he did out of that defense, I think was a work of art. So the last two years candidly are a lot more akin to what he probably should have gotten the previous three. I'm willing to give him a pass, although I will say this the results do speak for themselves. He did at best an average job the last two years, but I do agree with your thesis. He is about as as attractive a coach as you could possibly expect to have, and not someone that I thought we'd have.
0: No, Well, not this way. Not this way. Actually, no, not at all, now that I think about it. I never thought he'd be a coaching free agent. I thought he could get traded Mm. or go back to the Titans. He is straight up a coaching free agent Why do
1: you think it is that they did not explore the trade market for him? Would a team not give up a second-round pick for Mike Vrabel? Well, I mean, per the owner of the team, she said it would take too long. It would take too long.
0: And, and, you know, initially I thought that's a ridiculous way of thinking about it. But the more you think about it, the more it actually makes sense from this perspective. Because the NFL, I think, has done a decent job here in terms of making everything official and on the books. Now, they screwed up the Rooney Rule. Because the Rooney Rule should be upon arrival not at the finish line. Mm. They have the Rooney rule as on the – fit. Like so when you're already a coordinator interviewing for a head coaching position, well, that doesn't increase the amount of minority candidates that we have. If you have the Rooney rule for literally whatever the lowest possible job is to start, then every, every step up the ladder, there are more candidates right. that, that look differently, right? And that's the whole purpose of it. That's a whole separate conversation. I understand that. But when you're looking at this variable situation right now, I thought he'd be traded as well. I understand the timeline part of it because if they want to start the process for interviewing for a head coach, they have to do it immediately. And if you're going to say New England, are you willing to trade for Mike Vrabel hypothetically? Well, they're going to have to trade Bill Belichick first before they would trade Mike Vrabel. Mm. So that, that's probably what she's referring to if I had to guess with this. But now when you look at this and you look at the offseason here and the coaching carousel that we're in, it doesn't feel like Tennessee would be the most
1: attractive job, right? I think that Tennessee would potentially be the least attractive job. He's getting at it at the right time there. They are devoid of talent. When, when you consider that he only did what he was able to do the last two years, I think it would have been a whole lot worse if you had, say, a league average coach. Uh, it sort of depends on what your opinion is of ownership, I guess. But when I look at the, the, the worst jobs available, I mean, to me, if I'm going to rank these things, Tennessee's at the bottom. And I think, depending on what you think of Mark Davis and what you think of David Tepper in Carolina, those are the three jobs that I consider the least attractive of the six jobs available.
0: Okay, so but let's let's do it this way. Most people, when they're looking at these jobs, that most of the people like a Vrabel, like a Belichick, if he's available, like a Harbaugh, who are in, they're basically interviewing the teams, not the teams interviewing them. They look at two things. They look at quarterback and they look at ownership. There is an in ar- that order? That's what I was getting at. Where are we going in terms of the order? Because there is an argument that the Tennessee Titans may have a future quarterback. Will Levis may be a guy, right? There are some spots here. Atlanta doesn't even have an argument. I mean, they don't. The great ownership, great culture, it seems like in Atlanta, a little bit, right? There's no argument as to, well, maybe Desmond Ritter. No, no, no argument. Will Levis could be the guy. That's the thing. Then you look at a a spot like the Chargers. Mm -hmm. Clear cut, have a quarterback. Ownership has been spotty. We look at the Green Bay Packers, rightfully so, as this organization for 30 or 40 years has had elite Hall of Fame level quarterback play. We don't bring up the Chargers as an organization that has had great quarterback play. Fouts, Breeze, Rivers, Mm -hmm. Herbert. And Stan Humphreys is the one guy who took them to the Super Bowl, by the way right? I mean, they were they were in the Super Bowl with Stan Humphreys, if I'm not mistaken, in 95 against the Niners. So they've had a litany of guys that have been great at that quarterback position, but have done nothing with it. So where if, you have, if you're in demand, Hembo, and you're a big-time coach, are you going to where you have a quarterback or where you have a great boss?
1: It's a fascinating question. I actually think if you look at the sort of big three, if you look at Harbaugh, if you look at Vrabel, and you look at Belichick, I think it's I think it's circumstantial. In the case of the Chargers, you have a unique opportunity to coach a Hall of Fame quarterback, or at least a Hall of Fame potential kind of quarterback. And that's why I think Jim Harbaugh is the best fit there. When you look at Jim Harbaugh's best fit. With, with the Chargers. Okay. Because of his quarterback whispering abilities. I think you could turn Justin And because Herbert,
0: Greeny interviews people at funerals, uh, <laughs> where he learned at someone's funeral that Jim Harbaugh was fascinated by Justin Herbert. Now, I don't know where Greeny is today for the radio show. God willing, everyone's alive. Right. <laughs> but if they're not, is there a chance he meets up with Mike Vrabel and finds out who he's interested in at another funeral?
1: Yeah, seriously. Vrabel, by the way, this is, this is on the record. <laughs> uh, who do you want to coach next year? <laughs> uh, and con- yeah, m- uh, my condolences, by the way. So I think... <laughs> I think Jim to LA makes sense from that standpoint. I think the second most attractive go- job, just looking at the full picture, is actually uh, like
0: Dan Graziano told us on Sports Night this morning. Mm-hmm. Raiders,
1: Raiders for Reck- Harbaugh.
0: Re- in a we do a thing reckless speculation, uh-huh. meaning we're not accountable for anything we're about to say sports wise. Perfect, right? And he said, "Sports
1: wise, are we ever?
0: Well, <laughs> sports wise, we—I mean, we should be accountable for everything. But you get the point. Mm-hmm. He brought up the Raiders with Harbaugh, but so, keep going. So,
1: so, just just to put a pause on that briefly. That's the—is that the the Danie connection? Is that the is
0: that's." He's got connections there, and we know that the Davis family is attracted by the big to yeah. the big name coach. John
1: Gruden. Okay, uh, fair enough. So I think that the commander's job is actually the second most attractive one and the place where I would want to go if I were Mike Vrabel. Because the clean slate is something that I'd imagine a coach would want because it's going to give you a super long leash. In their case, they have a direct path to getting a potential stud quarterback on a rookie contract, having the second overall pick. And I think there's also a very attractive quality about becoming the, the, the sort of de facto face of a franchise which he can to Washington. So if I were to match Rabel with Washington, what say you?
0: Well, that is the scenario that we have currently that you could look at and say, where could you spin the possibility of next 10 years, great ownership, next 10 years, great quarterback. Play. Mm-hmm. That is the closest to both. That is if you believe in the guys coming out in the draft, not named Caleb Williams. If you believe that Drake May can be the guy, if you believe that Jaden Daniels could be the guy, let's just say hypothetically the Heisman winner, of course, out of Arizona State, then LSU that if we look at that scenario of all of the other ones, Atlanta doesn't have the obvious path for a quarterback. does have an obvious path for great ownership. The Chargers don't have an obvious path for great ownership, right? Uh, the Raiders don't have the obvious path for a great quarterback. The Titans don't have necessarily the obvious path to great ownership based on the move they made yesterday. Right. And the Panthers may not have either, <laughs> right? So if you're looking at it, in year one, who potentially has the next 10 years it's probably closest to being the commanders.
1: I need to ask you one more question, though. As you can we, ask
0: me a thousand more. We are here till noon Eastern okay. time.
1: So as we, as we survey the landscape here with these half a dozen jobs, there's one job that you've not mentioned, that I've not mentioned, that might well become available. New England. If we're going to divorce ourselves from the mystique, right, the last 20, 25 years of Brady and Belichick and all that comes with it, and just look at the facts of the, on the ground, where does that job right this second compare to those six?
0: Okay, so there's a couple of things in terms of New England, and, and for the Greeny audience, I am a Pats fan. Um, the idea of following Belichick has to be mentioned. Like so, for some reason, we pick and choose the spots of when we say, well, I wouldn't want that because that's too hard. I'm going to follow someone. For example, have we brought up one time that Baker Mayfield followed Tom Brady and had a 28-touchdown, 10-interception, division-winning year this year? At any point, does anyone want to bring up part of the year he had this year was actually following up Tom Brady? New England has had an impossibility following up Tom Brady. From Cam Newton to Mac Jones to Bailey Zappi, Baker Mayfield did it better than any of those three, and I am not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan. I just want to bring that up, right? The following the guy or the gal who's elite at something, we always say you want to follow the person who follows the person. Right. Well, you're going to follow Belichick. That's number one, right? Number two. Is there the obvious path to quarterback? You could say, all right, well, they have the number three pick in the draft, but that's developmental. Craft ownership obviously is unbelievable. We've seen that over the course of time. But some may say, and I am a craft fan, some may say, well, he made the wrong decision in Belichick versus Brady. He didn't get anything back for Brady. He kept Belichick on too long, and now Belichick's leaving, and what is he getting back potentially? What is he getting back for that? Like, There are some critiques to be had here. Right? I, I, th- I would want to coach in New England. I'm not sure that I want to follow Bill Belichick. Mike Vrabel is somebody who will not be afraid of that. He in will any not. Way, shape, any way, shape, or form. And do
1: you think that he would, if we just had to guess, again, recklessly speculate, yeah. do you think that's his dream job in the NFL? I don't.
0: For whatever reason, I think, like, listen, the timeline makes sense. Kraft and Belichick haven't made a decision together as to what's next. Vrabel becomes available. It's an easy connect the dots. But what if I told you? The smart move is to do something that very few get to do, which is simply say, the NFL is always going to be there for me. See, what most get to do is say, college is always going to be there for me. Urban Meyer can run to the NFL, be maybe the worst coach in NFL history, and almost every single college would hire him tomorrow to coach their football team. Lou Holtz was awful with the Jets, went back to college, right? Steve Spurrier, Awful in Washington went back to college. Even Bobby Petrino was horrific in college, and I'm sorry, horrific in the NFL. Went back to college. Very few could say, "I'm going to leave the NFL now, go to college. The NFL will always be waiting for me." Mm. Why isn't Vrabel to Ohio State a thing?
1: It's a thing there, by the way.
0: Why? Right. I know you have your big group chats with the Ohio State fans. Mm-hmm. Why is that not more of a thing? Because if Mike Vrabel goes to Ohio State. Are we supposed to believe he couldn't go back to the NFL at some point?
1: Oh, he could do whatever he wants.
0: He could get a 10-year guaranteed deal at Ohio State tomorrow. They have a
1: coach in place in Ryan Day. But could he not go there? I think that coaching the Ohio State Buckeyes is a more attractive job than any available head coach opening in the NFL. Perhaps by a long shot.
0: Stop there. We're going to continue this conversation because that is very interesting. Now, we are now ranking a college job over the current available NFL jobs. But what about the possible NFL jobs if Ohio State's more attractive than that? Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Along with Hembo, Evan Cohen in for Greeny. Greeny, the podcast. Adam Schefter reporting that the Titans have fired Mike Vrabel. I'm not sure if there's a shoe-in if people think of, like, New England, that fit. Vrabel's one of those guys that knows the rule book and the mechanisms of game management inside and out. Well, he's going to have to apply that somewhere else, not in Tennessee. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, from Unsportsmanlike Weekday, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, in four. Greeny today, the coaching carousel is obviously hot right now in the NFL. You look for the Schefter alerts nonstop. As I just saw one, and then I looked at what it was, and okay, offense to this guy. I was gonna say no offense, but Steelers signed punter Brad
1: Wing to their practice squad. So I think not that,
0: what I was looking for.
1: You know, it's funny because I often do the same thing. You know how when you send an email to someone, you can like red flag it so that they see that it is urgent. No, I actually didn't know you. could Well, do that. yeah, that's because you don't use. Email. Or okay, as you yeah. would probably call it emails. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Shefty and other newsbreakers need one of those. Like this is something I need to know versus something that I merely want to know. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you like the idea? No, because um <laughs> not at all. Because then you're
0: minimizing what Shefter is doing, which I am not. You just minimized. No, I did not. Yes, I minimized you just very me. much did. I did not. I would never. Would you describe that as a big piece of news? I mean if he if punting changes the AFC wildcard matchup this weekend. Patriots-Jaguars a few years ago, AFC Championship. I would argue that the Patriots' punting helped win that game. So punting matters. feels like a stretch. Uh, uh, Punters matter. I don't know if you've noticed that. Punters matter, (laughs) but they don't matter. Oh, I think they matter in some cases. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so we left off discussing the idea of the coaching carousel here in the NFL. And you have made the statement that you believe the Ohio State job, if were to be available— is better than any job that is out there in the NFL right now. Now, here's what I want to do. We're going to come up with the top three of jobs that realistically, under circumstances like Vrabel, Belichick, and Harbaugh, because what Vrabel, Belichick, and Harbaugh allow for are people to potentially, unfortunately, lose their jobs, who have their jobs because those guys could be available, right? So of potential available jobs, college or pro, so let's include Michigan, let's now include Ohio State, let's include Philly, Let's include Buffalo. Let's include Dallas. Let's rank our top three jobs right
1: now. And and just in all of football. Yeah. Could there possibly be one better than the Pittsburgh Steelers?
0: I'm not going there. I will not allow myself to go there in any way, shape, or form. Because until Mike Tomlin tells me he doesn't want to be there... I am not going to believe that, that job is. So involved. it has to
1: be something that could happen.
0: Let's okay, I'll play it out with you. Could happen. Here's Here's let's I'll do it easily this way. Okay. Could Jim Harbaugh leave for the NFL? Yes. So Michigan could be available. Mm-hmm. Could Ryan Day get fired if Mike Vrabel expresses interest in that job? Yes. So Ohio State could be available. Could Sean McDermott if they lose at home in Buffalo to the Steelers get canned? Absolutely. Could Nick Sirianni on your team, the Philadelphia Eagles, get fired if they have an embarrassing loss, Monday Night Football, on our airways on ESPN if they lose to the Bucks?
1: God, I hope so.
0: Okay. Could Mike McCarthy, and I think this one's crazy, but it's mm. it's out there. Could Mike McCarthy get fired if the Cowboys lose to the Packers? I don't
1: think so, but Bubba's our resident Cowboys fan. Bubba, is there a world in which Mike McCarthy is not the Cowboys head coach next season based on anything that could happen in the next month? I, I honestly really don't think so. I think Jerry Jones... Really likes McCarthy for
0: he should Bubba yeah well. he should he wins twelve games he's gotten the more out of your quarterback than anyone else has he should really like Mike McCarthy to a
1: degree yes but I I think he's coming back no matter what but there's definitely some flaws there that I have concerns with but I I think Jerry's gonna he's gonna come back and unless for some reason they lose. This Sunday uh, with me in the building, no big deal. Um, <laughs> and, and there's, uh, you know, 16 just coaching decisions that make no sense. He's unable to see the, you know, the review again. <laughs> he misses timeout. If, if there's like five of those things, could, but even then, I feel like he's coming back.
0: Okay. So we do a national radio show. So for the sake of the show, the Cowboys is available hypothetically. Fair well, enough. Let's not leave the Cowboys out. That doesn't seem advantageous for our content. Yeah. So the conceit. Right. Yes. So you have a, you built a top five okay. essentially here. So,
1: Michigan, Ohio State, Philly, Buffalo, and Dallas.
0: And none of the, and New England.
1: But New England isn't as attractive as any of those other five, are they? let's say,
0: what is the most attractive job of those five that could be available? Is it
1: specifically for Vrabel, or is it just for anyone? Anyone. Because I think the Ohio State job is the best job available, if that's the case. Over the Eagles. Over the Eagles. Because, again, I'll use Mike Vrabel as our fill-in here. You're not going to get paid much, if not any less, uh, at Ohio State than you would in the NFL. You're going to make... I mean, Ryan Day makes more money right now than Mike Vrabel did at Tennessee. He'll make 15-plus million dollars a year or something like that, right? So the money is there, not an issue. The other thing that we know all coaches love and want is control. like They want to be the emperor of their empire. You don't have to report to a GM. You have an AD. But if you were Mike Vrabel making $15 million a year at Ohio State, your alma mater, a place where you are beloved, you're the most important person in that city. I think Ohio State is the most attractive potential opening of any football team in the country.
0: Yeah, and I, I would say for Vrabel that makes sense, but I think Philadelphia. Franchise quarterback in Jalen Hurts under contract. No drama there. None. Right? None ownership that is proven to be successful almost regardless who the head coach is but
1: they're a little quick triggered and you could definitely make that argument even more so if they do let go of Sirianni
0: they're gonna be quick triggered with Mike, Vra- Mike Vrabel uh
1: what if he what I mean I guess he with-
0: could have a stand I guess I could see him getting into a standoff with Howie Roseman at sure that, point, yeah, right? that,
1: that seems like it could happen it happened with Chip Kelly Howie Roseman's not trading AJ Brown for nothing though <laughs> <laughs> He's I trading also, for A.J. Brown right. for nothing. <laughs> but
0: I also look at it and I say that you have Brown, you have Smith, you have Hurts. I can name players in the Eagles. Congratulations. And you have nice. you have an all-world defensive player in Jalen Carter. He's a stud. Like, there is so much. And you have a division. Yes, the Cowboys are good. The Giants are not very good. And Washington is probably still a couple of years away from being good. I just think that, like, that to me arguably is more attractive, hypothetically, for Vrabel than Ohio State. Maybe But that's where, like, of all of the teams we're talking about here, if we reverse engineer this and say which organization or school today should go out there and put every ounce of their being and every resource into getting this guy, it's Ohio State.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. It worked last time with Urban Meyer, Uh, even though it sort of ended there sour like it always does with Urban Meyer. Mike Vrabel is their favorite son. I don't know an Ohio State fan that does not want Mike Vrabel to be their coach. He is as good. He will be as good at that job as anybody from day one. He will, he will run circles around almost any coach in college. He will be able to compile the best staff money can buy. And given the fact that you've lost to Michigan three years in embarrassing fashion and that they're losing in all sorts, like now is a great time to show Ryan Day the door and bring in Mike Vrabel, make him the highest paid coach in college football, and build your empire.
0: We are greeting here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Series, XM80, and your Sirius, and of course, on your smart speaker, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, from Unsportsmanlike, in for Greeny today. So these three guys, though, that we are looking at, Harbaugh, Vrabel, and Belichick, are all good enough to get employed coaches fired. But I still, if I am New England, I would not get rid of Bill Belichick. I wouldn't in any way shape or form. Now, Mike Reese, ESPN Patriots reporter, was on Get Up 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN this morning and had this to say about Vrabel's availability as it relates to New England. So my strong sense talking to people around the Patriots organization is that any decision on Belichick is completely independent of Vrabel's sudden availability. So it isn't like that they say, oh, oh, my goodness, Mike Vrabel's there. We got to move on a Belichick decision Step back, big picture. Team owner Robert Kraft is 82 years old. It's hard to imagine that he hasn't thought of potential succession plans for Bill Belichick. So I'd say this, Vrabel's a wild card in the whole discussion, but it would be aggressive to me to say he suddenly shoots to the top of any succession plan list. Now, that is my grease on Belichick
1: slash Vrabel.
0: What is your idea about Belichick here that Graz called you out about?
1: Oh, I think Belichick in Philly is the perfect match.
0: Perfect. Here's Dan Graziano from Get Up about Hembo.
1: Belichick's got three losing seasons out of the last four, right? Nick Sirianni was in the Super Bowl, as you mentioned, 11 <laughs> yep. months ago. I don't know that we should necessarily be letting Hembos' fan leanings design <laughs> our our segments of our shows. I, I think this is a little bit too far Agreed. to say that Nick Sirianni should be in trouble. I, if I were the Eagles, I would certainly Why give do him hate fun. Another. We all we all agree that it's a little too far. But sometimes it's fun He's to go a, go a little journalist. too far. Wasn't, we're just fun. W- weren't we're the, fun. Weren't the Eagles just fun like not long ago? Yeah, they're not now. We just made them six weeks fun ago, again. they were fun. We just made them again. We just made them fun.
0: I thought, I, I've been saying Belichick Philly for a while. Mm-hmm. I totally, you and I have been on the same page on that one. If Belichick is not there, is, her, is Vrabel more attractive to Philly than Belichick? You know,
1: my fandom is split on that one because I think Belichick is the sort of short-term microwave success kind of can come in instantly and maximize the roster, which the Eagles have. Vrabel is obviously the better sort of long-term outlook. Candidly, I would rather have Mike Vrabel than Bill Belichick, but not until yesterday did I even really consider that possibility. But if you are Jeffrey Lurie, if you are Howie Roseman, and this thing falls apart, and you wind up losing to Tampa, which means six out of seven with as uninspiring a looking team as the league has at this juncture, when you consider you have a top five roster, I don't care what anyone says. You have to argue for Nick Sirianna to stay, not against it. To me, it is an obvious decision. I'll tell you why, and I'll I'll tell you that's why Dan is wrong. Like, if you just look at the sort of context-free results, yes, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year, and yes, the Patriots have had three losing seasons in the last four, but no one could credibly argue that they have had comparable rosters. This might be the best roster that Howie Roseman has ever built. And this is one of the most underachieving teams in the whole league. They outscored their opponent by five points this season. The Eagles are loaded in so many ways and in all the important positions. And for that to be the best you can do, and for you to limp to the finish line like that, to me, Nick Sirianni is coaching for his job on Monday night.
0: I tend to agree with you because of they are. One of those teams, and there are not many of them that are actually fearless, like they're not nervous about firing Sirianni, just like they weren't nervous about firing Doug Peterson or nervous about firing Chip Kelly previously or Andy Reid, most Mm. notably. They're not afraid of that stuff, right? Other organizations have fear of what could happen. I still look at this Patriots situation with Belichick and wonder, in order to fire Belichick, do you have an obvious upgrade Is Mike Vrabel an obvious upgrade, and or does Mike Vrabel even talk to anyone until he knows the entire landscape of the openings? Mm -hmm. Because Mike Vrabel is not best friends with Bill Belichick, but there's obviously respect both ways. I don't believe, and maybe I'm just completely naive with all of this, I do not believe that Mike Vrabel nor his representatives are on the phone with the Kraft family right now talking about the Patriots job. I would like to believe that after everything that Vrabel has done in New England with Belichick, That he may say to the crafts if they reach out, guys, I love you. I will not have this conversation until you make your decision. You're Mm. not going to fire him because of me. You may fire him and then we could talk. I'm not going to have blood on my hands with that guy who I
1: won Super Bowls with. It's a very fair point to make. I want to now, sort- I know that's
0: wishful thinking. I know that's not necessarily the way the world works. I understand that. And, by the way, uh, let me give you some news here. The Chicago Bears, uh, I guess, according to um, multiple outlets here, have fired their offensive coordinator. NFL Network, I believe, had it. Uh, they have fired their offensive coordinator, Luke Getz.
1: Luke Getze, Does that mean we think Matt Eberflus is safe, or do we think that decision is still to be made? The
0: Bears have, have two decisions in my mind. Uh, here, Schefter... Um, Okay, Adam Schefter has this. Breaking news from Adam Schefter. After extensive meetings Monday and Tuesday, the Bears are not making a head coaching change and Matt Eberflus is expected to return for the 2024 season per league sources. Now, what sh- that is just breaking news. Eberflus bears not an opening. So no Harbaugh, no Vrabel, as Michelle Smallman this morning on Unsportsmanlike suggested that Matt Eberflus is the head coach of, of the Chicago Bears for this upcoming season. But what I want to see, Hembo, is that the Chicago Bears, in my mind, need to now extend him. You cannot have him in limbo going into this upcoming season. If he's your guy, make him your guy. Mm. If you feel like he's improved the team and Caleb Williams is going to be your starting quarterback moving forward here, do not, under any circumstance, allow for an underwhelming 2024 season to result in a termination. He needs to be the quarter, the coach for a long period of time. And he needs to be the coach where Caleb Williams does not have two head coaches in two seasons. Time out. Time out. You had none left. Sorry. We're going to have to shoot a technical free throw here as we talk. No, go ahead.
1: <laughs> you made no mention of the quarterback that they currently have. That's correct. Justin Fields. Was That's that intentional? Or was that unintentional? No, I think they're going to move on from him. So so you're presuming that there is no sort of alignment. You're not bringing Iberflus and Fields back together. You're, you're No, because keeping... they've
0: also fired Luke Getze, their offensive coordinator.
1: Okay, so you're bringing in a new offensive coordinator, and what you're predicting is that they will align that offensive coordinator with Caleb Williams and Trey Justin Fields. That is what I would gather at this point. I am suggesting, though, as Adam
0: Schefter has just reported, that Matt Iberflus is back, and Schefter was very... Careful, and writing is expected to return for the 2024 season. Give him a contract extension. I am not saying that Matt Eberflus is some elite, iconic coach. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. What I'm suggesting is, if you are going in that direction, you cannot allow for a 5-12 and 12 season next year to result in termination. Mm. Cannot.
1: Even coming off of a 7-10 and 10 season? Then don't bring him back. So what you're he's saying is He's either there
0: for three years or no years. So you're
1: saying that independent of what happens next year, Matt Eberflus is your coach of the future. Do you want to walk into voluntarily
0: having Caleb Williams having multiple multiple coaches over his first two years? I do Don't, not. Although the Bears then do get that. get rid of him now.
1: The Bears do that exceptionally well. <laughs> then
0: get rid of him now, which they're not doing, obviously, Hembo.
1: This is what I'm saying. If this is your guy, if this is your guy, he's got to be your guy. And that's why I think it's it is likelier than you are saying. That they retain Justin Fields. That decision has not been made. But I think Maddie Bufloos returning as the head coach makes it likelier that Justin Fields is back next year. That they trade the number one pick for a king's ransom.
0: Okay, if Justin Fields is back next year, why do they fire the offensive
1: coordinator and quarterback coach? Well, because I don't think either of those guys are good at their jobs.
0: Okay, but now that you're going to have another offensive coordinator for Justin Fields under the same head coach, and you pass on C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, for that matter, if you think Bryce Young could be good. But what difference does that
1: make? You're making the decision to the facts in hands.
0: No, no, you're going to do it again. Okay, that You're going to now rank... Justin Fields above
1: each of the quarterbacks drafted in the last two years? Well, what happened last year is a sunk cost. I think most definitely we would say at this point that you take Justin Fields over Bryce Young and not over C.J. Stroud. But that's water under the bridge. You, you actually got a lot for the number one pick that yielded Bryce Young, and you could get even more for the number one pick this year. That is Caleb Williams, who everyone tells me is a generational prospect. You're hearing the same things that I am. Yeah. You could get a Herschel... Walker-esque return if you traded the number one pick this year. You need
0: to have a quarter Listen, there's one key to the NFL in my opinion. One singular sentence to determine whether or not you're going to be a good football team. Can your quarterback outperform his contract? And we are getting to a place where Justin Fields cannot. Because if he doesn't get significantly better, the contract increases to
1: a point that when he's making $30, $40, 50000000 million a year, I don't know that he can outperform that contract. So you said if he does not get significantly better, do you think that he is incapable of getting significantly better? We
0: will ask someone who is there with him every single day. Courtney Cronin is going to join us. We will check in with her. She covers the Chicago Bears. Big breaking news here about the Bears. They are going to have Matt Eberflus back as a head coach next season. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at progressive.com or 1 800 Progressive. Along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, in for Greenie. It is Greenie here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. Greeny the podcast
1: I see this progress you know when you're the winning quarterback on the winning team that's always good right he's been part of that I certainly do see progress the thing with the Bears
0: is they have done everything to screw this kid up from the beginning what did you expect you've done such a poor job of understanding whether or not he's the guy it is Greeny here on ESPN radio presented by progressive insurance ESPN app Sirius XM channel 80 along with Hembo Evan Cohen from unsportsmanlike in for Greeny today Huge news out of Chicago. Courtney Cronin covers the Bears for us here at ESPN. She joins us now. Courtney, what happened with the head coach and his offensive staff today?
2: Yeah, there are three firings guys. So I I just got word that Tyke Tolbert, it makes the third. That's the Bears wide receivers coach. Luke Getzey was the big name. He's the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. Andrew Janoco was also fired and Tyke Tolbert uh, was also the third name there. So, there's a, it's, we've been waiting on this for a while. And um this is, you know, kind of the outcome that as the week kept going on, when there was still silence around the head coach and whether he was going to be staying in 2024, you know, the lack of, I would say like the lack of, the lack of information we had there pointed to the fact that they were probably going to stick with Matt Eberflus. But as it pertained to the offensive staff, all things were on the table going into the evaluation the last couple of days. And they ultimately, I would not be surprised if the entire staff does not you know, end up returning. But as far as I can report right now, Tyke Tolbert, uh, Andrew Junoko, and the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, are not returning in 2024.
0: And all of this leads towards Adam Schefter's report, Courtney, that Matt Eberflus will be back next season with the Bears. Clarify one thing, as per as much information as you have right now, is it for next season, or will he get a contract extension as a result of this?
2: We don't know that part yet. Um, when you look at this, though, the situation the Bears, and I just said this on Get Up about 45 minutes ago, the situation the Bears have long found themselves in is that you pair a head coach who's either a lame, in lame duck status or entering the hot seat with a rookie quarterback, and if the Bears end up trading Justin Fields and going about that that same manner um, that that would perpetuate that cycle where you have the same thing that happened with John Fox and Mitchell Trubisky and the same thing that happened then with Mitchell Trubisky getting passed off to Matt Nagy and then Justin Fields getting drafted by the last staff and getting passed off to Matt Eberflus. if they decide that they want a new quarterback in here that's the same cycle that they've been following for a very long time and that does nothing to move the franchise in a different direction because that's must-win territory for Matt Eberflus next year. So if they're making this move, and we should be hearing from Ryan Poles, from Kevin Warren at some point in the next day or so, uh, and Matt Eberflus, you would imagine would speak too. That's a question that has to be asked because they had a chance for a clean sweep here, and they chose to go about it by only eliminating the offensive staff to move forward, which you know might tell you that they're pro- like I can't imagine them bringing in a new offensive staff, and keeping Justin Fields and having him learn a third offense in four years. To me, this likely signals that they're going to use that number one pick on a quarterback unless something drastic changes and they feel that they have somebody coming in who is dead set on working with Justin Fields. You wouldn't be wanting to hitch your wagon to a head coach that might be out of a job after 2024 and a quarterback that you know also may be on the move.
1: So, Courtney, if we're living in a world in which you're telling me it is much likelier – that the Bears move on from Justin Fields and pair him with a new offensive coaching staff, let's go there. If, if we're putting Justin Fields then theoretically on the trade market, what might the, what might the Bears fetch for him given the fact that the whole world knows that they're taking a quarterback number one overall
2: in the draft? So it's a good question, and it's something that, you know, I've surveyed people around the league to see if there's a consensus. And Hembo, there's just not. Mm. Like, I you know, talking with some execs, talking with some GMs on other teams, what would you pay for Justin Fields? What do you think the going rate is? And I've heard everything from a second to a fourth round pick, which is, you know, that's a lot of gray area between, you know, a day two pick and maybe an early day three. And and certainly if they're at least the way it was positioned to me, that when someone told me a fourth round pick, they would think that it might be multiple picks at that point. But um you know, but Justin Fields is still an is it still an incomplete project. And the jurys still out on him in a lot of people's minds after thirty eight starts. So you have to look at this and in totality, come to the realization that the bears still don't know what they have truly in Justin Fields. What they ultimately told us today, though, is that the direction that they were going at offensively bottom of the league, you know, bottom half of the league and passing uh, in EPA for play, all of the stats that matter that they couldn't move forward with this group, but they are moving forward with Matt Eberflus. So clearly they feel the direction the team's going under the head coach is something that's going to bring about wins that you know escape this team this year, and that they feel like they're close to getting there if they just double down with the head coach and then have to find you know a new offensive staff, but also a new defensive coordinator as well.
0: I'm talking with Courtney Cronin, Bears reporter here on ESPN Radio, along with Hembo Evan Cohen in for Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney, I want to make sure I'm following the like connecting the dots here because what you are maybe intentionally or unintentionally creating is maybe a 33rd head coaching position in the NFL. What do I mean by that? If Matt Eberflus is back without a contract extension and Caleb Williams is in and Justin Fields is out and there's a new offensive coordinator and they are not as successful as they need to be next year, whoever it is that's hired as offensive coordinator is in line in essence to take over for Matt Eberflus as head coach. If this does not work out
2: next year, correct? Well, potentially, I mean, you're, so you're saying like, let's, Give me a name. Give me a name. Let's say Arthur Eric Smith. Let's, give me no, a big
0: name. Eric Bieniemy, Arthur Smith. Bieniemy's obviously not been a head coach. Arthur Smith has been. They get hired as offensive yeah. coordinator. They're working with Caleb Williams.
2: All right. Well, here's my here's my thing, Evan. Like wh- which coach is going to want to hitch their wagon to a head coach on lame duck status entering a must-win year and potentially a new quarterback? I don't see that as a. Re- I don't see them getting a big, mm. massive name. Somebody like an Arthur Smith who has done this before coming in without the assurance um, that Matty Berflus is going to get a contract extension. Yeah, now, that's why they need that, to give
0: him that extension, right, Court? Like they have to give him the extension here. Then they
2: have. To, I mean, you would imagine if they're going to do that, then they would have to do that to give the assurance that you're not here. In literally the same territory that Eric Bieniemy went into last year. Now his circumstances were different. We know why he went to Washington to try to finally break that cycle for him getting a head coaching job. I just can't see the big name, proven OC who's been a head coach before might be trying to go back to being an OC. Since they've been fired, whatever to me, I, I just don't see that that's a very, unless Eberflus has some sort of assurance that he's getting a big name in here to handle the quarterback, I don't see that as realistic, because why would you why would you take a job like that that really only would have a one-year assurance? Uh, even even if Iberflus does have the vote of confidence, I, I still think that there is a lot, uh, a lot of gray area there that not a lot of people with experience who have been able to call their own shots in, in the coaching cycle, I don't know why people would take that. To me, that would Point to, more than likely, first-time OC coming in.
0: Courtney, great job. Obviously, we'll check in more with you as this progresses. We'll listen to you Sunday morning, best week ever, 7A to 10A Eastern Time here on ESPN Radio. Thank you, Courtney.
2: Thanks, guys. Take care.
0: All right, a lot to digest there. The coaching carousel is active. You make a face, Hembo. I'm looking at you. I don't know why. I'm going to find out why coming up. Again, for those just tuning in, Matt Eberflus, Per Adam Schefter, going to be back as bears coach next year. The coaching carousel is active. We'll continue the conversation coming up. Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings
2: at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.